Well, welcome everybody to Rise Church. So glad that you're with us today. My name is Aaron. I'm the senior pastor on behalf of my wife, Erica, and all of our staff and pastors. We're so glad that you're with us, especially if you're here with us for the very first time. Hey, if you're a guest with us, I always invite our guests to come back at least three times. Everybody say three times. Three times. Here's why. As I know, when you go to a new place, you don't always get the best experience on the first experience. So my hope would be that you would come back and uh, we would be your spiritual family. If you're watching online, we'd love for you to do a few things. Do me, uh, do me a favor. Like, comment, share, leave a review. Uh, believe it or not, doing things like that helps us get through some of the social media algorithms and uh, we'll get the message of Jesus out today. And so if you are a guest with us, just want to give you a heads up. This is a unique service. This is a special service. And so you're not maybe going to be in a traditional service that we normally uh, have on the weekends while you have to come back three times. Today is what we call Vision Sunday. And if you are a family member or been with Rise or you're, you, know, you call me your pastor, this is your home, this is an exciting day for us because we do this every year and we talk about not only what God is going to be doing, but really what God has done. And what I love about this service, especially if you you are a new person. So if you're here fairly new or you're kind of trying to figure out this church or what we're all about, we get to share with you. It's just kind of like the state of the union from like, y'all know, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you get to get up and tell you, hey, how's the church doing? And uh, I get the honor of doing that because I happen to be the senior leader here. And so um, I'm excited because today's going to be absolutely amazing. So you're going to love it. It's going to be amazing. We're start with um, some scripture, some Bible today, and uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 16. And so Matthew chapter 16 is where we're going to be. If you don't know anything about scripture, the Bible is broken up into two main parts. There's a kind of an Old Testament and a New Testament. Believe it or not, we have a lot of people who don't know a lot about the Bible. And so my encouragement to you is get a Bible, go online. You can actually uh, download a Bible on your app nowadays, which is great. And um, the Old Testament, New Testament um, is, is kind of the two sections of the Bible. And in the New Testament, it starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are what they call the Gospels or the, the life of Jesus. And they're really just narratives or stories about what Jesus did while he was on this earth. So we're in Matthew, and Matthew is, uh, is kind of narrating and highlighting Jesus's life. And in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus comes to this moment where he has this conversation where he's been doing ministry with his disciples. He's been doing ministry on a regular basis. He had a three-year ministry. He's in the middle of his thriving ministry. And he does this moment regularly where he sits down and he talks to his, 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 um, his disciples, those who are closest to him. And he has this interesting question in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, that I think is good for us to ask ourselves, on a regular basis. And in the verse 13, it says this. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea and Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? He's asking, well, who, who do people tell, who are they saying that I am? You know, isn't it amazing how um, if, if you're not careful, you can grow up in a church or talk to people or hear a story about who God is, and that's not really who he is? And you and I can take on the narrative of who he is, be based on what happened to someone else or what someone else thinks. Come on, how many of y'all know, like, we do that a lot with our lives. Like, you've never met the person, but somebody who's met the person tells you about that person. And now you go into that person and you ever meet them person? You ever had that point, right? And you met them and they're not, anybody had that? Like, they're nothing like I thought that guy, that, that, they, they're nothing. And so Jesus is kind of having this moment with him saying, Hey, who do they say that I am? In verse 14, he says, well, they replied, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then he asked me, he says, okay, well, that's who they say I am. Who do you say I am? He says, has, has, that, has that messed with who, who you are? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, I bet he has a smile. That's how I read it. Like, you ever, you ever ask your kid a question and he finally answers it in the right way and you can't help but just smile, right? And, and I think Jesus smiles and he says, you are blessed, Simon, 
son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. And verse 18 says, Now I say to you that you're Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. All the powers of hell will not conquer it. With that as our backdrop, let's pray. Father, I thank you, God. Today, you have a message to speak to us. And I pray more than any other weekend this year that we would hear you today. More than any other weekend this year, God, we would feel your presence. More than any other weekend today, today, God, there would be something unique inside of all of us that is challenged, that is, is encouraged. God, that we may, may, may we take a step towards what you want us to take a step to. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout amen. 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 Um, if you're not, uh, again, if you're not um, a regular here, if you're new to this place, um, my wife and I are not from Texas. Uh, please don't hold that against us. I love Texas. I will die in this state. Uh, I think this is the greatest state in all of the union, and um, I love it here, but I'm not from here. I'm actually from California. Don't hold that against me. So um, I'm from California, and we moved here in 2017 uh, by way of St. Louis. I was an executive pastor at a mega church in St. Louis for about seven, eight years, and we were there. And what was interesting about that church experience was um, every step in my life that I've taken on behalf of God came through a person. And, and God used people to speak life into me and to get me to take my next step. I always laugh at people when they say, well, I have to check with God and see what God has to say. And then they say, well, God's not speaking to me while the whole time there's people in their lives that God is using to speak to them, whether it's a pastor or it's a friend or it's a leader. And so many times we miss out on the opportunity and the idea. There's an idea in scripture that, that God works with people. And so when, when we moved to Texas, the whole reason we moved to Texas was one of my pastors. He said, hey, you should come check out San Antonio. I didn't know what it was like. I didn't even know San Antonio existed. Actually, the only thing I knew about San Antonio was the Spurs. I'm a Laker fan. I know that's crazy. I know, I know, I know. I'm becoming a Spurs fan. I love the Spurs. Spurs are great. I live here now. I'm moving on from the West Coast. But at the time, I was a Laker fan, and so the Spurs always beat us. Always, always, always. And so that's the only thing I knew about San Antonio. And so when my pastor said, you want to go pastor a church in San Antonio, my first response was kind of in my heart, like, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> not really. And he said, well, you should go check it out. So my wife and I got on a plane, and we were going to go to Nashville to celebrate our anniversary. Instead of Nashville, we came here for a weekend, and we came down here. And I remember coming here for the very first time. It was an odd experience because I came down here, and San Antonio is the biggest small city I've ever been to. And I came in, I'm like, I didn't realize how gigantic it was, the seventh largest city in the, uh, the United States. I mean, it's huge. It doesn't get its due. And so we come down here, and I'm overwhelmed instantly. And so my wife said, well, what should we do on the first day? Because we want to fill out and see if this is where we want to go. And we said, okay, let's go get a coffee shop. Let's just check out the local vibe. And so what I did is I Googled, like you and I did. I pulled out my phone, and I said, Google, tell me where the best local coffee is. Well, what was funny, at the time, there was a coffee shops in our city called local coffee. And so we went to a local coffee shop and we, it was in Sonterra. I don't know if you guys have been to that local coffee shop in Sonterra, right on 1604. I get in there. We're kind of in there feeling the vibe. I'm like, this is cool because I kind of like trendy coffee shops. I'm not trendy. So I want to be trendy. So I try to go to those places so that maybe it'll like osmosis onto me. And so I'm like in there and I'm, I'm feeling the vibe. I'm like, this is cool. I'm like, babe, this is awesome. We're standing in line and no lie, some lady walks up to us out of the blue and she says, and she looks at me, she taps on my shoulder I was like, yes. And she says, um, are you planting a church here? And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> right? I'm looking at my shirt. And I'm like, is it say, I'm planting a church. Come talk to me about it. 
I'm like, I don't understand. And we begin to have a conversation about where to go and how to go because the church was, the city was so big and our prayer at that moment was, God, how do we pick, figure out where to go? Where do we go to the east side? Do we go to the northeast side? Do we go to the south side? Do we go to the northwest side? Do we go to the Stone Oak? Do we go to Leon Springs? We, we don't know. We didn't know anything. And this lady, God is connected to another lady who was a real estate agent to help us get to this side of town to show us that where we were driving down 1604 and I looked over to the right and I saw that and I heard God say, this is going to be the, where I put you. And I didn't even know Padrati's ranch was here. And I'm looking around and I'm trying to figure this stuff out. And this all started with this lady who came and she goes, God told me I was going to help someone today. And I'm like, that's how God does it. God works through, through people, that God uses people. God, God wants people a part of the situation because that's his strategy. So when Jesus told Peter, he said, on this rock, I'm going to build my, my church. He said, I'm going to use, come on, I'm going to work with people. Now, here's the funny question you should ask yourself. Does God need us? It's not a trick question. No. By definition, God needs nothing. But he wants us. To me, that's better. And he chooses to use, which be honest with you, let's say he wanted to build his church independent of us. It's probably a more efficient way. Right? Than using flawed, broken, issue-ridden people to build his his church. And when we planted our church, we had this thought. We thought, let's not build a big church, although we would be considered big by many standards, especially considering the last 20, 30 years of ministry. The idea of mega church is new, by the way. It's about the last 20 years. I'm a church history junkie. Our executive pastor, Pastor Jason, we love to just kind of like, hey, what's, how does church growth and church history and church growth? It's a new concept, fairly, in church history. But the mega church used to be 500 people. We're bigger than that. And so right now we're trying to figure out, like in our own current history, God, what's our next step? But it's never been, I've never prayed the prayer, God, build a big church. We've just never prayed that prayer. We don't believe it. That's not even how we think. How we've always prayed was, God, help us build big people. And if we can build big people, you guys will demand us to build a big church. It's just kind of how it works. Because I don't have to struggle. I don't have to pray. God, send people in if I'm taking care of the people that he's already sent in. Come on. And if we take care of the people that he's already sent in, the people who we've taken care of will go, we got to go help more people. It reminds me of a story by Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, Jesus Chicken, you know. And so he... he there's a story that the, uh, at the time, it was you know, probably 10, 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago now, uh, at the time, Boston Market was the biggest competitor to Chick-fil-A. And they're in the Chick-fil-A boardroom and Truett's sitting at the end of the table and they're all debating on how, because Boston Market had just announced they're going to be a $1 billion company and they're going to open up thousands of stores and we're going to take this place by storm. And everybody's talking about Chick-fil-A, better do something, we better get bigger. And they're all talking about how they're going to get bigger. And then the story goes that Truett pounds on the end of the table he says, stop. And I love his statement. He says, if we just get better, our customers will demand we get bigger. So let's not worry about trying to become a big company. Let's just be good to our people. 
And they'll demand, right, that we be get, that we, they won't let us be small. So my insights, it's a few insights from this passage, and then we're going to talk about vision. Because it's important that we see what Jesus is doing and what God's called us to do as a church about building big people. Number one is that God builds his church. What I love about the local church and my particular um, uh, profession is that I don't have to build this place. I, I, I don't have to like get into this thing and be like, all right, if it's going to be, it's up to me. Quite honestly, every time I've gotten myself into the situation, I've made it worse. <laughs> and so there's something freeing about knowing that God said in verse 18 upon this rock, I will build my church. By the way, you are not my people. By the way, you are not my church. This is God's church. You are God's people. I am the chief steward of this church as the senior leader. And all that means is I take all the blame and give you all the credit. Isn't that good? That's a good deal. That's a good deal. I didn't grow up in that church. I grew up in the opposite church where the, the pastor was the king, the governor, the emperor, and he, everything stopped with him and everything rode on him. Come on, right? I grew up in that church. You couldn't talk to the pastor. He's behind the veil. God bless you. You don't talk to a man to God. You don't even look at his eyes. Like that's how you were like... That's how I grew up. And, and I noticed that, 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 that by the way, any, people can't handle worship. Yeah. It's why you got to keep me as a pastor and not a God in your life. It's easy for me to make me a God to you because it makes me feel good. It makes you feel terrible. And what happens is eventually when you start to see that I'm not really a God, you'll start to tear me down. That's what we do to false gods. Yeah. Make me a pastor. I'm a good pastor. I'm, let, I'm better at a pastor than I ever am as a God. And so because I'm not the God here, God, there's already that seat's taken. I'm the chief steward of what God's vision. It's not even my vision. It's God's vision. God, what were you doing here? And so I'm here to help steward that vision. And you want to come around? Let's be helpers to the vision. That's what we want to do, right? And so we're trying to do what God's asked us to do, but, but he's building his church. Here's why. I thought it was interesting that he follows it up with, and all the powers of hell won't conquer it. Now, I know to you that sounds spiritual, but it's carnal as well. Because I've noticed that in this year, in the last 18 months, that there's a lot of hell happening now on earth. It's funny. It's not, it, hell's happening in your own life. You talk to people. There's not one person in that. Don't let anybody lie to you and don't let their smile trick you. We're all hurting. We're all struggling. We're all going through some level of hell. We're all dealing with the, the worldly hell, like mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine, politics, Democrat, Republican. I'm going to make everybody mad, conservative, liberal, Fox News, CNN. It's like, it's, it's like the tension, the economy, am I going to, the racial tension, is it, are we going to, are we, are we going to deal with, is, are we going to lose our jobs because of X, Y, and Z? Everybody's hurting. The reason God builds his church is because everybody's hurting. And I spoke about this two weeks ago. Stuff happens at the local church that doesn't happen anywhere else. This place is not perfect, yet it's divine. It's God-breathed. 
And some of us have gone through some amazing tragedy in the last 18 months. Sorrow you never thought you would feel. Loss you never thought you would go through. Heartache you never thought would happen. Persecution, come on, that you never thought would come to your doorstep. And so Jesus is reminding us the reason for the church, the reason that this place, the reason you come in and serve, the reason you come in and give, the reason you come in and be a part of the spiritual family is not so that it can be a big church. It's so that hurting people can find help. You see the connection? It's, it's that there's help coming against all of us and the hope is not in politics. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Because a lot of us think if we just got the right president in office, things would be good. What, based on human history, that's not true. If we just could, could, could get people to, to believe a certain way and do a certain... If it doesn't start with Jesus, heart change doesn't happen. So a lot of y'all like would like me to like get up and have a political statement and have a, a moral statement and have a, a statement. The problem with those things is that it doesn't change the human heart. What changes the human heart is the power of the Holy Spirit that comes in and then you start to change. I just tell, if you just get, uh, my strategy is I just want to get you close to Jesus. If I get you close to Jesus, that seems to fix a lot of stuff. So, so God talks, I want to, he wants to build his church. Second thing, he builds it with people, right? So he doesn't just build it, he builds it with people. He says in verse 18, now I say to you, you're Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, I'm going to, God builds with people. His strategy is people. It's always been with people. I told you before, he builds with people. And I told you this earlier, like it's a terrible strategy when it comes to execution and efficiency. It's not good. I was building a table one time. I'm kind of a craftsman. I'm trying to be like... Jesus is a craftsman growing up. You know, people think he was a carpenter. He wasn't a carpenter. He was a son of a carpenter. He was a rabbi. Jesus was a rabbi, but he knew how to do some stuff because he's a man, right? He's kind of put some stuff together. I'm sure he built a chair. He grew up in a construction house. So, so I did the same thing. I grew up in a construction house. So I'm going to build a table. So I built a table for my wife's farmhouse table. It's powerful. I'm not going to lie. And uh, I've had to redo it a couple of times, but it's... <laughs> It's because it's, it's the wood I chose, right? It's always something else. When I first built the table, I invited Titus to my son, my 10-year-old son. I said, hey, so I want to help, help me build this table. He goes, okay. So he starts jumping in and helping things, and he's like, and I'm like, son, that's not how you sand. And your son, that's not how you cut something. Let me show you how to cut. That's how you measure. And I'm like walking through all this stuff, and he gets, he gets to this point, you kids. He looks at me, and he says, dad, what, just do it yourself. I said, no, son, you, you got to sit here and do this. He says, why? You could do it without me. And I said, well, because I want you to experience what it's like to build a table. So when the table's done, you can look back at it and you can go, look, look, look not look what dad built. Look what we built. Yeah. And Jesus is reminding us he uses people so that we can, we can experience it. He wants you to be a part of the church so you can experience it. God does not need us. Let me remind you. He wants us because he loves you. He's a good father in heaven. He wants his sons and his daughters to go look back at the local church and go, look what, look what we did. Look how, look how amazing this is. God, you used me. How, how incredible. You used me to grow a church 
where somebody experienced great loss, they spiritual family surrounded them, and you share in that win. Not the pastor, the spiritual family. Because he's building with, with people. Now, here's the, here's, here's the caveat to that thought. We play a part in that. So he, he can only work with you if you're willing to be worked with, right? Right, I'm like, that's important. I think that's important because some people, I think, I'll, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean, but I think some people are like, God, I want you to use me, but then you don't offer yourself as a, 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 able to be used. I was telling some of our staff, the best ability sometimes is availability. Is you just got to be, can you just be available? I like that song. uh, Maybe y'all grew up in church. uh, You can use anything, Lord. Oh, we got like three people who grew up in that. (laughs) You can use me. Like those those songs are great, but they're created with the premise that you got to have a heart to be. And I like what 1 Corinthians, Paul's writing a letter to the Corinthian church. And he's saying, here's how it works. Verse 6 in chapter 3, he says, I planted the seed in your heart, your hearts. Apollos watered it. But then I like this. He goes, don't make no mistake. It was God who made it grow. He said, what's important is that God makes the seeds grow. God grows the church. However, Paul does highlight something. God grows what we sow. So some of us are like looking at the ground of our life saying, I wish something would sprout. And then Christian religious folk, what we like to do is we like to pray. (laughs) Grow. Jesus grow. And you be throwing anointing oil on it. You speaking like tongues at it. You read Bible verses over it. And you like God is more than enough. And I think sometimes God's going, look, man. I work through principle. That I provide seed to the sower so that you can sow and then I'll grow it. Farmers made, look, like when you're a farmer, that made total sense. Like for us, we'd be like H-E-B. That's where I get my food. I don't understand growing stuff at all. What are you talking about? And and what he's saying is, is for us, for for me to grow something, you got to sow something. And how do you sow? I mean, we sow through serving at our church we sow through man um developing yourself at the church i want you to know development is a part of sowing because when you start to grow yourself god will come in and start throwing some of that miracle grow on it and all of a sudden you thought you were working come on he isn't amazing what god can do with a little bit he can do a little you just gotta give him a little bit to work with just give me something to work with we we sow by, by by giving we sow by, 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 by loving people. We're sowing. It's all so, so that God can come in and, and, do something, and do something with it. And you need to look at it like this. The reason that you and I experience something like this called spiritual family is because someone sowed before so that God can grow something into this. There was a group of people that sowed into this church so that you could sit in this chair. They don't even go to this church. Never step foot in our church. And they gave money so that you and your family, come on, can find healing from the hell that we fit. Come on. It's how God, it's how God works. Third point is this, and then I'm done. 
is that God builds this church. He builds with people, but he builds with certain kinds of people, I've noticed. He builds with rocky people. He says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Now, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, rock. Okay, God, like, rocks are interesting. That's an interesting metaphor that you would call Peter rock, rock, rocky people. God, why would you build on rocky people? And I thought, like, well, it's not sinless people, and it's not perfect people, and it's not greatest people or the best-looking people. It's not the people with the best personality. It's not the best preachers. Golly, you know that. It's not uh, the worship team. It's not the best everything. Come on, it's not the people who've got it all figured out. It's not the people with the best theology. It's not the people who are the smartest or the most kind. It's not any of that. It's really the people that are available to be used, and they have these characteristics of the rock. And I was thinking about, like, rocky people. You know what rocks are? Rocks are strong. They have some grit. I like to say it like this. They could take a punch. My question to you spiritually, can you take a punch? Has anybody been, felt like you've been punched in the last 18 months? Yeah, I've been feeling like I've been taking a punch every day of my life. This whole week leading up to Vision Week, it's been probably the hardest week of my year. I had to take a punch. God wants to sow. Come on, there's a step. And God builds through rocky people. You got to take a punch. Got to be strong. They, they can handle pressure, right? Rocks can handle pressure. By nature, they, they handle pressure. In fact, rocks go down so that things can go up typically. I saw this uh, picture. This is a slide of like a building slide. And I wanted to show you this building slide. That was interesting, right? You kind of have like, if you ever know anything about construction, you know, I was always like, you build great houses on a foundation. You know, you see the slab, the concrete slab right at the top there. But what's interesting about, and if you know anything about development or, or, or developing land so that you can build upon it, you don't just go out to a piece of land, you know, even it out and then put concrete on it. You know what they do? They excavate the area and they put rock down, like a bedrock down. What are they doing? They're trying to stabilize so that you can put the foundation and then you can build up the, the building. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And rocks, by nature, they, they have this ability to go deep so that things can go up. And that's what we're doing today. Is that God, like, I want to be the person that's rocky enough that, that God, I want to go down so that others can go up. I want to go down. I want to sacrifice so that others can go up. And here's what happens. If you checked out, if somebody's asleep next to you, wake them up. Here's what happens when you sow. Here's how God grows. I'm going to give you just a highlight. State of the union for the year. This is your church. You're going to want to pay attention. What has God done this year? We had a vision last year. We talked about different areas we wanted to grow and see God move. And one of the ways we did it, one of the categories was our weekend services. We wanted to add a few things. So one of the things that we did is we upgraded our bathroom facilities here. So we upgraded the bathrooms here. I mean, if y'all saw them before to now, y'all just need to thank the Lord Jesus in heaven that we were able to upgrade those things. It's amazing. Even the, even the ranch here, they were so grateful and so blessed by it. We redid the bathrooms in the chuck wagon over there where we have our Wednesday night youth ministry where we do our next steps. We did redid the bathrooms over there. We were able to um, uh, upgrade signage. We were able to do um, different things where people can actually get. How many of y'all know a church is great, but if you can't get to it, it don't work, right? It just don't work. I've noticed, I, look, we've been here for three years. Pastor Jason's literally called Google 8,000 times. For some reason, when you Google our place, it takes you to a neighborhood. 
but it'll get you to Starbucks. I don't know. It'll, it, it's, uh, we're trying to figure that out. But you need signage. How many of y'all know you need signage to get there? So we're able to upgrade signage. Uh, we, 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 upgrade, we were able to get an LED wall. And you're like, well, why do we have to buy an LED wall? I've just noticed that a lot of people don't bring their Bible to church no more. And so what's funny is it's like it's hard to follow a scripture you can't read and you can't be a part of. It's easy for me to actually present an opportunity for the gospel when you can see what the Bible says about what you're going through. I know that sounds crazy. And some people are like, well, that ain't godly. Uh, but by the way, that's always been a thing. And back in the day when you were watching your overhead projector, y'all remember the overhead projector <laughs> where you were over there and you're trying just not to make the, the, the butterfly wings and the, the goose, you know, on the, the, we always had an opportunity to watch so people can see, how about singing the songs and knowing the lyrics? There's one thing to hear a song, but there's a whole nother thing to sing and know the song lyrics. And sometimes I'd be like, I've heard a song 8,000 times. I used to be a worship leader and I would sing the song. I'd sing the wrong verse every single time. I'm like, Lord, help me. What's wrong? But I'm able to see it. Now I can, I can sing it. So there's practical things about this. And we were able to upgrade our weekend experience. And here's why we did that. So that people who don't know God can see God. Yeah. Don't tell me it's not spiritual to buy an LED screen. I'll debate it all day long because I've noticed I've been in ministry long enough to know that if you don't do church well enough so people can receive the gospel, it doesn't matter about your message. It's if you didn't do it in the right method, it wasn't effective. Um, there's a, um, one of the things I want to share with you guys that I'm so proud of is our church hosts um, young ladies from a, a facility called New Life. And um, these are... Um, this is a treatment facility for troubled girls. And many of these girls don't have homes. They're orphans. Many of these girls uh, are going through just many different things. They come on weekends. They come on Sundays. And they come here, and they've shared with our leaders and me personally, Pastor, we, we, we've never liked church. We've never heard of God. We've never went to a place. We walked in here, and you guys had, like, cool music. And yet I could see what we were talking about, this Bible. There's like people called Matthew and there's like a verse and chapters and stuff. And I don't even know what that means, but being able to see it. And then I hear you and you, I'm able to like follow the sign we got here. Good. And then like I'm able to walk in and then like I gave my life to Christ and then I got baptized and we're giving them as a church a home that they don't normally have. And we asked a, a lady from, um, from the uh, staff to just tell us, hey, can you just give us an insight to what, does our, does our church help at all? This is what she said. We notice a difference in the girls when they've been attending services. Their behavior and their demeanor are so different. You, you may not realize that most of these girls are not only troubled, but also orphans. And what they have found at Rise is a home and a place to belong. Also, there's staff members of ours that never really cared for church, but Rise couldn't have come into their lives at a better time. Your church has literally changed them. So I, I know for a lot of us, it's like we can't connect the dots sometimes. We can't connect the dots to what's really happening in our, our world and inside of our services. But I'm telling you, it matters how we do church. It matters how you do church. It, it matters because there's a reason you come to this church and not a different church that only uses certain strategies and methods to deliver the gospel. It matters what we do for church. I love that we have a church that reaches those young ladies. You guys, by the way, um, we're looking for, I get this but maybe asked more than anything ever, do we want to find a facility? The answer is always yes. Like, I've had more people ask me, like, you ever feel like you want, like, a permanent home? Uh... Yes, 
Yes, the sky is blue, water is wet, we want a home. Absolutely. So we are giving regularly in our vision campaign, our vision offerings towards that. You want to know how much you've given so far towards our future permanent space? $350,000. So you guys are doing great. All right, let's give yourselves a hand clap. That's, you, that's what you guys are doing. And so we're saving, we're putting money together, we're doing what we can, we're getting our, 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 our positions right so that we know what we're doing. So second thing we did, we talked about in vision, we talked about missions. We talked about like, what are we going to do for missions? Um, we look at missions through Acts 1-8 strategy. We look at, we want to deliver the gospel through uh, Jerusalem, through Judea and Samaria, and then through the uttermost part of the earth. You look at Jerusalem was the city, that's our local context. Jerusalem or Judea, or Jerusalem, sorry, Judea and Samaria was the region, kind of that we think about that as a nation. And then uttermost parts of the world, we think about as the world. So we think of our missions organization, the missions branch of our church as three separate areas and entities. So we think of it like that. So the first one is we thought about it in the city. So like how, what are we doing locally for our Jerusalem-ish areas? What are we trying to do? We wanted you to know, we wanted to set out to add three new partners. We did. We added three new partners this year that are missions organizations. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Give yourselves a hand clap for that. One is Wish for Our Heroes, which helps support our veterans. One is Teen Challenge of Texas, and one is Ransom Life. We're talking about actual, tangible life, community change in our local context. That adds three to the three we already had, which we have six now total locally that we support on a regular basis, that you support on a regular basis, that's actually going to change the community. Don't tell me the local church doesn't change the world. It does. By the way, our local context, one thing I'm super proud of is Serve Day. Now, how many of y'all, if you were at Serve Day, raise your hand. Just yeah, Serve Day, come on, raise your hand. Okay, awesome. Check this out. Amazing, amazing experience on Serve Day. Serve Day, we had 168 RISE team members show up in here on a Saturday, and we went and served 16 different sites on that day to serve our community and our, and our city. Uh, 26 of them were youth. 43 of them were kids. We went around, picked up trash. We painted uh, picnic tables. We gave stuff to veterans, to first responders. We were at different facilities. We were at food banks. We were out in the community spreading the love of Jesus. It had nothing to do with our church and all about to do with the community. I mean, y'all were amazing that day. And we're showing you just pictures of some of that stuff. It's amazing what God did uh, for Serve Day in that area. It's amazing. God has just changed our, our world through that. Now, nation. Judea and Samaria. We talked about our nation. Here's how I think about it. Here's how our team thinks about it. Our board thinks about it when it comes to reaching missions for our nation. I believe wholeheartedly that if we can invest in the local church, not just our local church, the local church, that you can actually effectively change the nation. We believe that. Here's why. If you're a businessman in here, it's all about ROI. You understand this. I can invest in one missions organization, or I can invest in one church that invests in 10 missions organizations. Which one would you choose? We're talking about giving dollars here. We're going to invest in the local church. And so what we decided to do is go all in and helping the local church. Now, I'm a coach at an organization called ARC, the Association of Related Churches. All it is is a non-denominational church planning organization. So you know what we do? We just help people plant churches, life-giving churches in communities all around the world. And so what we decided to do is let's give money and let's start helping local churches. So you guys, I want you to know, you guys to date, this year alone gave to nine local churches churches to help start and get set up. Come on, nine. That's you. That's you guys. Inside of those nine local churches, you guys had ability to see lives get changed. People not only got saved, but you got missions organizations funded. You got uh, marriages restored. You got kids coming back home. Come on, I can give you story after story and see what happens inside of a local church. Why? Because we invested in the local church and what God was trying to build, we just threw, hey, we want to throw our resource at that and make it make it happen. Not only that, we saw ARC globally, nationally, the organization that we kind of support, they planted 64 churches just this year. 
They had 15,000 people attend those churches just this year. You had 500 decisions happen just this year. And to date, from the beginning and the inception of ARC, we had 994 churches planned so that we can see the message of Jesus produced inside the entire world. Don't tell me the local church doesn't change lives. On top of that, this local context, this, this local church, we, did, we, held, we hosted an ARC meetup event. Uh, we actually had it regionally here in San Antonio. It hosted 14 different churches. Some of our staff and leaders were there. Y'all saw the ability to have 14 churches come together and not, re- not to lay down a logo and an ego and lift up Jesus's name so that we can actually learn how to be better and reach people for Jesus. You guys sponsored that. And we had Pastor Steve, who's on our board, and one of my pastors came in, flew in from Louisiana. He came in, he preached people's lives were changed. I'm still getting texts right now from pastors who were blessed by the fact that they were able to take their staff and leaders to a leadership event and be blessed and learn how to do church better. You guys sponsored that. Why do we do that? Because the local church is the hope of the world. Third way is the world. We, We think about the world. So we had three partners for the world. We wanted to add five. Guess what? We added five. We added five new world partners. We have eight total. We added one child. We had Convoy of Hope. We added Children's Cup. We added Firm, which is an, uh, uh, an organization that helps support the message of Jesus through and supporting Israel. And we, had, uh, we actually, we actually saw, went in partnership with a guy named Doug Pittman, who is um, a missions, he's a missionary to the eastern parts of Europe. He's there right now. He could not, he met with us and said he could not have gone and preached the message of Jesus and see lives get changed without our support, like our personal support. You're helping people who are helping people. Total missions giving so far this year is $76,000. That's you giving to the local church. Come on, give yourselves a hand clap for that. That's amazing. Just so you know, for a church our size, that's unheard of, by the way. You guys are more generous than you thought. You can always, why? Why? Because God grows what we sow. We had a kids branding. uh, I want to talk about Rise Kids for a minute. We had Rise Kids. We um, we were able to invest in Rise Kids branding and kids signage, equipment upgrades. Um, Just this year, we've had 120 new kids walk into the doors inside of Rise Kids. Just just this year, 120 new kids. But here's the best part. Here's, Here's the cool part. We had 51 of those kids give their lives to Christ inside of that church. Come on, like, we're not babysitting kids. We're not babysitting kids. We don't believe in that. We, 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 I, I, that, that look, you probably find a better babysitter. We're trying to teach them Jesus. Why? Because you are trying to keep Jesus in your life, right? You're trying to hold on to sanity. We're trying to help you by giving them Jesus because we believe in kids. Rise Youth. Um, we have a great youth ministry here, but led by Olinda and Antonio. And, um, man, we, we, we were able to support and start this year, we started a Wednesday night youth experience. This is all from vision. This is all from what you guys give. We were able to do youth outreach events where they're able to go out and reach the community. How many of y'all know the best thing we can do for teenagers is get their eyes off of them and on other people? So we help them do that. Uh, we have them do leadership conferences and go to leadership development. And we've had not only just this year, we've had 65 new youth show up at Rise Youth and 52 decisions for Christ inside of youth ministry here at our church. That's incredible. That's incredible. One of the things that we're most proud of is we also did youth camp this year. And youth camp for us was amazing because um, we did this for the first time this year. We were able to take kids to youth camp. And we had, there was a, a, a incredible story of a young lady in our church who started coming um, just from a friend in our church. She invited her to our church. Didn't know, her parents don't come to this church. So she came with her, with her friend who comes to this church. She started coming. She's like, man, there's something here that I don't know what, man, this is just amazing. I feel like God's here. Then she starts coming and being a part and finding friends. Then she goes to youth camp and she gives her life to Christ. 
And so she gives her life to Christ just this year and she comes back on fire for God, ready to take the world on for God. And then she's like, you know what? I thought I wanted to go do this with my life. I actually think I want to be a youth pastor now. So she wants to go be in ministry. And now she's, she, again, her parents don't come to this church. So she's like, I got to come to this church. We got to come be a part. We got to come do something for this church. And so she starts coming to this church. And then here's what's even crazier. So she starts to actually, her, since her parents don't come, her friends don't come all the time. She has to find a way to get to church. So she starts calling people and figuring out a way to get to church. You don't have a car. She doesn't have anybody that comes, but she still figures out a way to get to church. Come on, I put you in perspective when you can come to church yourself, right? It's amazing. And God has changed her life. Some quick stats. Just real quick, just to give you an idea of where our church is. Again, State of the Union, Vision Sunday. We have, on average, 548 people come every weekend to church. Uh, I want to give you just kind of a, a stats of our slide. Here's what's interesting. If you ever look at one of these types of things, if you look at these, um, at these graphs, so the red is 2020, the green is, is this year, and you kind of like, what happened in that center part right there? Like, <laughs> did, like did church shut down in the history of church? Yes, but, but God, and then God keeps, oh, okay, and then the new year hits, and then God keeps going, and God keeps showing up, and now we're back to where we were, which was, where, so where are we, pastor? You know where we are? We're full. It's a simple way to say it, we're full. We had 300 new guests come this year, 300 new guests come to our church this year. We had 17 baptisms happen this year. We had 100, we, on average, we have 196 active team members who serve. Uh, on average, 99 people serve a weekend at this church just to make church happen. Almost 100 people on average. And, and maybe the biggest celebration of all. So we had 242 decisions for Christ this year just inside of this church. Come on, that's, that's something to give up, God. Why does this matter? Why does this matter? It matters because every time we sow, God grows us. And last year, we gave around $238,000 to our vision campaign. And I was asking God, I said, God, um, like, what's our, what's our, uh, like, what's our goal this year? What's stretching? What's, what should I, what should I present to the people? And he says, I'm not kidding you, this is literally what he told me. He goes, well, double sounds right. I was like, oh, no, I can't. We can't do double. And he goes, oh, okay. Are you, you building this church again? I said, God, if I ask you for double, they're just going to look at me sideways. I mean, there's hurting people out here. I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, they're being stretched everywhere. And I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, I don't know. And he goes, he goes no, no, I'm building this church here. I'm the pastor of this church, Aaron. I said, okay. So he convinced me. He goes, all right. I said, Lord, I'll, ask, I'll say, Lord, I, we're, our goal is double. We're, our goal is $500,000 this year for vision. And um, I said, I'll, I'll tell the people, all right, you're, you're good. He goes, uh, so I was done with my prayer time. Because how many of y'all know, sometimes you're talking to God, and you'd be like, God, this is not going the way I planned. I want to get out of this as quick as possible. And as I'm saying amen, he goes, so you're going to give double this year, right? I was like, wait, that's not how this thing works. He goes, but you're not the pastor of this church, Aaron. I am. I said, 
I said, but God, I just had like car troubles. That's a lot of money. Uh, I got like kids. That's a lot of money. Um, you know, like there's just health stuff. That's a lot of money. Uh, I'm married. That's a lot of money. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I gave you all that anyway. I can give it to you again. So my wife and I, when we asked God, I went to her and I was like, okay, I have my final out. Here's my final out from God. I don't know if you all negotiate with God like this, but I do. It's like, okay, God, well, let me check with my wife. <laughs> I walk up to my wife and I said, babe, uh, feel like God, well, what do you want to do this year for vision? You know, now mind you, I didn't tell her. When we think about doing for vision, she goes, honey, I've been praying about that. She goes, you know, double, I think double. Yeah, double what we did last year. I was like, I rebuked that in Jesus' name. <laughs> Couldn't get away from it. And what I'm teaching you is, is the principle of how we give here at our church. You don't give because I ask you to give. You don't sow because I, I ask you to sow. I present the opportunity and you ask God and every time I just if, if you don't have the faith to do it will you borrow my faith today because when my pastor told me to check out San Antonio in my wildest dreams I couldn't anticipate this this takes churches 10 12 years to grow by the way and he's exceeded my expectations every time I've given to God, every time I've taken a step of faith for him. He's shown up. So I, if you don't have the faith today, borrow my faith. Just, just trust God. Don't trust me. Trust God and his word that he, he will not return void to whatever you sacrifice today. And it's going to be a sacrifice. I like what David said in 2 Samuel. He said, I won't give something to God. That would cost me nothing. If God gave me everything, I can't give him something that doesn't cost me something. So it's going to cost us something. And it's not about equals giving, but I do believe in equal sacrifice. And I would just pray that right now in your moment, I'm going to invite my wife up here. She's going to bring our envelope. And um, we're going to pray today uh, over our vision offering that we're about to take. And um, um, I, I just believe God's going to do something special this, this year. I don't believe God brings us to places. I think God brings us through places. So if you're stuck and you're in an area right now where you feel just it's a tough season, God didn't bring you to it to leave you there. God brought you to it to bring you through it. And sometimes it's that step of faith that gets us through it. See Moses. See Elijah. See Jesus. Well, you got to take a little step. And just see what God can do. And so we're going to pray uh, over our offer. So will you just do me a favor? Will you just with your family while you're there, while you're watching online? And uh, there's envelopes on the chair. They look just like this. And um, you can give in all kinds of ways. You can write a check. Even on our envelopes, you can write out your card number. It's safe and secure once it's sealed. Um, you can also give online right now. You can go to ricechurchtx.com slash give. Um, and, and you'll see all the ways that you can give. Um, but today, we want you to have the opportunity to give to our vision offering. Every dime that goes to our, uh, it comes as given today, goes to our vision. 
It goes to those things. It goes to our kids. It goes to our missions. It goes to our youth. It goes to our facility. It goes to um, worldwide missions and local church planting. It goes to the, if you, there's no better place you can invest your resource into than the local church. And I hope you see what happens when you give. I was able to walk you through what happens when you give to God's kingdom. Um, And I believe not only his house is blessed, I'm still, I'm a little old school. I still believe that God blesses our house. I've seen it happen too much. I've seen it, him be too faithful. And when you give, um, we're going to pray. And then, um, and then I want you to, um, we don't do this regularly, so this is unique. But um, I believe in the principle of bringing your offering toward the Lord. And, um, and so we have buckets up here on the front. And as you give, um, there are rocks to remind you. On the front, we'd love for you to take one for your family. And on the rock, it says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And as the scripture reference, and we just keep this and you just kind of remind you what to pray for all year long about our vision. And this is just our gift to you, just to remind you. You can put it in your cubicle, maybe on your dashboard, maybe in your kitchen, maybe in your nightstand, just to remind you of what God has done for you and what he's going to do through you. The question is not whether or not God will grow it. The question is, is what will he grow through you? What will he grow through you? And uh, we're going to believe in that. So will you do me a favor? Will you stand up on your feet? And uh, we're just going to pray a prayer today and uh, just believe God is going to do something spiritual here. And then we're going to sing a song and then I'll come back out and and we'll pray. Will you just get that envelope in your hand? And uh, even if you're giving online, put an envelope in your hand. If you are giving online, come bring an envelope. Even if it's empty, come bring it. And uh, you can even write your name on it and say, I gave online and bring it up here. Um, A lot of you do give online. So please do that. Still be a part and participate and walk up after you're done praying over your offering. Will you pray with me? Father, we just thank you, God, today. And Lord, we just thank you. If you're a believer in here, will you pray out loud with me right now? Will you just come together with me? Lord, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you that today right now, Lord, no weapon formed against us will prosper. We thank you that today, Lord, your strategy to build your local church is to build with people, is to build with rocky people, the people who believe in you, who believe in your goodness, who believe in your kingdom. And so God, today, I pray the same prayer that David, the same spirit that David had, that he would not give you something that would cost him nothing. God, I pray that today, Lord, that whatever is costing me something today, is a sacrifice. God, let this be a sacrifice of praise. Let this be a sacrifice of worship. Let this be a seed that goes into the ground, God, that you grow, that you see flourish, God, that you do something not just great in our church, inside of our house as a church family, but that you grow it in their house as a, as a spiritual family, that God, you would, you would show yourself faithful in this moment, God. Help us to take a step of faith. Thank you for being faithful in the past, God. Thank you for every time we thought we were done, you kept us in it, God. Thank you for every time we saw that river, that God, you you parted the sea, God, in front of us. God, every time we saw death, you brought life. God, every time that we thought it was over, God, you said, not yet, I'm with you. You never let us go. And God, you sent your best, God. You gave us your son, Jesus. And I know that today, God, because you gave us your son, Jesus, we can give us, we can give you our very best. So today we do that. We come together collectively as a spiritual family. We pray over this offering. We ask you to bless it. We ask you to magnify it. We ask you to use it, God, towards your goodness. We ask you to change our lives and our community through it. We pray that today is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.